0: Don't use, beware, not legal. Use with caution. The list goes on and on and on. So many people are being told to steer clear of this resource that is a great asset to an employer. Did you know that you can actually test someone out before you hire them? I'm not talking about trial periods or probationary periods. I'm speaking about pre-employment work trials. If you stick around for this episode, I'm going to get into all of the details on how you can use pre-employment work trials safely and how this can benefit your business so that you hire the right people for the job. Hi everyone, welcome back to Lawlands. My name is Sanam and thank you so much for tuning in today. So pre-employment work trials. Have you ever used them? I personally would always recommend and suggest it to hospitality businesses and businesses that are more practical that they can test them out beforehand. And they don't have to worry about going through all of the ebbs and flows of bringing them on board, especially right now with the trial period clauses only being applicable to people that have 19 or fewer employees. This is a great asset instead of using a trial period or probationary period. But as you can imagine, it can get complicated because you are testing someone out before you've offered them any kind of employment. So you need to make sure that you're setting up correct parameters and treating them correctly so you are not making it seem like they are your employee and they don't turn around and go, oh, but you already offered me employment, right? That's what this whole thing was. We'll get into all of the cases and all the information out there. But Can I just say that this is absolutely something that employers can use? I was very fed up, to be honest, of seeing almost every single article saying that you cannot use this and and you cannot benefit from this or be careful or use with caution. You just need to do it correctly. Now, of course, if you're dealing with something in particular in the workplace or you're really wanting to navigate this or look at templates and what to do, find someone in your local area that is a lawyer, that's an employment lawyer, and they will be able to help you out and they will be able to provide you with that legal advice. Before we get into it, you know what time it is. It is Laughs with Lawlands, where I give you a dry joke in every podcast. Our computers went down at work today, so we had to do everything manually. It took me 20 minutes to shuffle the cards for Solitaire. (laughs) Remember the days when you would play solitaire or minds? I did download the app recently, but it was very short-lived and I, d- I didn't play it for that long. The best thing about this particular dry joke is that it's a perfect segue into our conversation because you, you don't want to be dealing with an employee playing solitaire all day. You want to make sure that you've got the right candidate with the right skills and you want to make sure you've hired the right person. If that is the case, then... Let's get into what is actually a work trial. So a work trial is very, very different from a trial period. I'd like to just set that out now so we can move on and not talk about trial periods anymore. Trial periods are used to test out an employee effectively for 90 days and see how they fit in with the company and how their skills are. And that would usually apply to somebody that has 19 or fewer employees at the time of hiring. Now that will change, I believe, this side of Christmas with the national government. But like I said, this is not to do with a trial period. This is to do with work trials. Think of a work trial as another step in the interview process. They are a candidate and they are not an employee. So work trials, they're a candidate, not been offered employment. Trial periods, they have been offered employment. They are placed on this for 90 days. So now I'm going to eradicate all conversation (laughs) and all discussion around uh, 90-day trial periods this is just about work trials. You don't have to call it a work trial. It can be a practical evaluation. It can be a practical interview. It doesn't have to be called a work trial. So you have different terminology there. And please, please do not call it a 90 day trial period. (laughs) Make sure that it's all about the fact that you are testing out skills and it is more of a part of an interview process. So like I said, it is about a candidate You're at the candidate stage of the process, and it's all about pre-employment. You're testing out the candidate's skills. You're trying to see if they're going to be able to be up to par when it comes to them coming into the business, and it's all unpaid. So when would you use a work trial? Let's say you've done a phone interview. You've done a phone interview, and you've gone, hey, this person sounds really great, but let's see if they can actually cook a dish like the way that they said, Then you would invite them in for another interview potentially, and that would be showing their skills off to make a particular dish. So you would want to test their skills out and see how their skills stack up to the role that they will be doing. And an example of this, like I said, is somebody that might be cooking for the business, or it could even be a barista, and you might want them to be able to make a cup of coffee. I mean, when I was working in HOSPO, how many people had I seen? A lot. That would lie about the fact that they could make a cup of coffee or that they could make a particular dish or even just cut onions. <laughs> so it, you definitely don't want to be in that kind of situation where you're now backed into a corner because this person's not good at their job. It's very, very common in certain industries like hospo, maybe even an office job. I know I've definitely been asked to review contracts or prepare particular letters or to send my work through. So it definitely has its place and it depends on the industry. But if you're noticing performance issues in a particular role, I really believe that this will be a great benefit to you as an employer and or HR professional, because what you can do is go, okay, we've got to churn because these people are always having issues with their performance. They're really not meeting the standards that we need them to meet in terms of their skill set. So why don't we just test the waters a little bit? But do it in the safest way possible. We'll have a look at the main case that came up around this particular area. And it's the, we, we call it the Salad Bowl case. And it was a hip and happening case. I'd, I'd like you all to know that. It was a very big case when it came out. The Salad Bowl case is a 2013 case, but the case has withstood the test of time. It is there and it is not going anywhere and this is the precedent that we have. I'll get into another case as well, but this is the precedent that we have. In the salad bowl case, we had Ms. Thornley uh, who applied for a job that was advertised by the salad bowl. The work trial took place over two days. We're going to get into that being okay or not. And they were one and a half hours each. So that's a long time. That is a very, very long time. And she was asked to prepare salads. She cleaned, she operated the till and interacted with clients. And she was also expecting to be paid. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. After the trial happened, management noticed that $50 was missing from the till. So they did not offer, officially offer, Miss Hawthornely employment. And they basically said, we are not going to offer you employment by text. It's like breaking up with someone by text. I would not recommend it, but they did do that. They sent her a message by text and said, hey, no offer of employment. Now, that's one case. You can see, I've pointed out a few red flags there, the length at which the work trial is the fact that we've got paid work trial all of these things are things to be mindful of now we'll get into the next case it is similar situation but a particular person was asked to come in and they were interviewed and then they were told to make three coffees for two directors the directors said that they would need to come in again for another shift and the next day the person worked 8 to 4 p.m., 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., they worked a shift and then they asked for payment. And then one of the directors said, "Um, Excuse me, this is not a paid trial. This is all unpaid. Later in the day, this particular person was then offered employment, but still told that this is an unpaid trial. So even though they liked their work, they still said, No, it's an unpaid trial. So you get the job, but not the money for that particular shift smart, smart, smart person. And this is where employers can get tripped up. All it will take is exactly what happened in this case. This particular person declined the offer because they probably went and got a little bit of advice from someone and said that, no, I want to be paid. And I want to be paid for the fact that I had to organize daycare. I had to travel into work, which was really difficult. And if that's the case, then I want to be paid for my time. So what happened? raised a personal grievance. (laughs) And what happened out of these particular cases, and this is what the employment court's positioning is, is that the first thing that the employment court did was they looked at the meaning of Section 6 under the Employment Relations Act. This is where we look at the employment relationship forming, if there's an intention to be an employee and what the definition of an employee is. And under Section 6, a person that's intending to work is someone that has been offered work and has accepted work as an employee. And then the next thing is testing out whether they're a volunteer. So this is why it is called the salad bowl case. Because in that first case that I talked about, where it was the the salad bowl case and we're dealing with Ms. Hawthorne Thornley, she expected to be compensated for the hours that were worked. And she couldn't have been classified as a volunteer under the act because they always have to break down the legislation, even though it might be very obvious to us. They will need to break it down and explain why it doesn't meet certain criteria. And the kicker about this case, and the one thing that always makes me laugh, is the fact that she did receive a non-monetary award. She did receive something. It just wasn't in money. And guess what it was? A salad that she made at... The trial is what she got to take home. And the courts looked at that and said, that is a non-monetary award. Yes, in New Zealand, we have a case where a person was considered an employee because they took home a salad. (laughs) So you can see why a lot of people are saying use with caution and beware. It's not a good idea for employers to use this because someone literally walked away with the salad. And swindled so much money from the employer, which I will get into (laughs) the exact amounts. But there were other parts of that case as well. And the employer was in the wrong in in certain circumstances of each case. And the, the other thing that the court looked at was interviews don't usually mean employment. It's very rare that an interview will mean that, hey, you've been hired. The line gets crossed. So keep this in mind. This is what the courts are saying. The line gets crossed because the employer gains economic benefit from that person's activities, so from that candidate's activities. That is the most critical thing I would say to a lot of people that are listening to this, is that you need to make sure that they're not doing anything for the economic benefit of the business. And I'm going to get into a lot more after I go through the, the court's positioning on what you can do and key takeaways on how to avoid all of that. The next thing that they mentioned is that the tasks that were completed were very similar to what she would have done and undertaken as an employee. For example, prepping salads, cleaning um, after people left or uh, cleaning up after customers or preparing those salads that were sold to customers. Those are all things that will blur the lines and will lean them more towards an employee than a prospective employee or a candidate that's just coming in for a trial. The employment court's exact position on the second case, was that this case was different. The employee didn't accept a job offer. They turned around and they were offered employment, but they didn't accept anything. The first one with the salad bowl case, that one was about the fact that we don't want this person to be working here. We don't want this person to be stealing money from us and taking $50 out of the deal. (laughs) So that was a different scenario. Whereas the second case that I discussed, the employers chose to offer this person employment And this person is the one that declined. Now, was it a work trial is the question. And even though it was, it was not good enough because the person that came in for the trial worked independently and prepared food and beverages, service to customers, help with transactions. So it wasn't good enough for the employers or the people that were conducting the work trial or guiding her through. It wasn't fair for them to turn around and say that, This was not an actual work trial. And on top of that, they performed work that was for the economic benefit to the cafe. There is a line, like I said, and like the courts have said, about testing someone's skills out at work. There is a particular line that should not be crossed. So what were the consequences of this case? I'll get into the consequences and then we'll talk about the key takeaways on how you can harness employment relations in your workplace when it comes to these work trials if used incorrectly, it can really jeopardize the 90-day trial period. That's the first thing I thought of, which a lot of people don't really talk about. Now, the main area of this that we're going to look at as an issue is that you can't terminate because the trial period doesn't apply to someone who has previously worked for you. And if you look at it in this particular scenario, in this weird way, what ends up happening is that this employee or this person technically has come in and worked for you a day before and then now you're offering them employment so they've already worked for you before signing any agreement under the eyes of the law if you do this work trial the wrong way which means that it makes the 90-day trial period null and void that's where an employee can still bring a claim and a successful claim so think about that you don't want to jeopardize other areas and other resources that you can use as an employer this threshold or the amount that employers are paying, we know are much, much higher now. Now we're looking at the tens of thousands. But these cases in their time, and the first case, like I said, was 2013. The second case was in 2019. These two cases, 9000 dollars That's right. That's how much the employers had to pay. That is a lot of money for that time for a very easy thing to fix in terms of making sure that you get the process right. Now, if something like this happens, you might be staring at, like I said, tens of thousands of dollars, depending on the severity of the case. Very interestingly, the second case that went to social media, it became a whole thing where the employee or the person claiming that they were an employee took to social media, went after the business's directors. They wrote bad reviews. Then the directors turned around and went after the, the employee's mother, their business, and wrote all of these horrible things online. And this was all spelled out in the case. So could you imagine having this all laid out in front of someone? This is where reputational damage and damage of those around you is something to really consider. Everybody knows all of your dirty laundry It's not a good look. So those are the the consequences that can come up. And that is what came up in these particular cases. Let me tell you how you can make this work for you. (laughs) How can you harness work trials? How can you make sure that you do this area of employment law right? I want you to be able to use them correctly. And the first thing I would say is document, document, document. Make sure that you have everything laid out. If you are interviewing somebody and you've done the phone interview, And now you're looking at doing the next stage, which is having them come in for this work trial, then make sure you've documented everything. Make sure it's very clear that you have a signature from them in a letter that lays out that this is a pre-employment work trial or a practical interview, sometimes what they call it. It's only being used to see their skills. It's part of the recruitment process. You need to explain the purpose behind it, that they're going to be coming in to show off their skills as a barista, that they'll be unpaid. Do not give them any kind of award. Remember the salad bowl? (laughs) Remember the salad. So don't give them any kind of food. Don't sit there and say, hey, you know, you've worked really hard today in in your trial. Here's a free lunch on us. Don't. No kind of monetary or non-monetary award. Do not do that. It will be fully unpaid. They are literally coming in to show off their skills. It's a practical interview. It's just there to see exactly what they're doing. Make it clear in your correspondence to them in that letter that there is no guarantees of offer of employment. You are not there to be telling them that, yep, 100% they'll walk away with an offer. Now, this is very, very, very critical. Like what happened with the salad bowl case or with the second case that I discussed, you need to make sure that none of the items that they are making. So if they are making a dish, let's say it is spaghetti bolognese. The spaghetti bolognese cannot be served to any customers. It cannot be for the economic benefit of the business. Sure, the directors of the company that might just want to taste it to see how this person has done, they might want to test it out. That's fine. Same thing with the coffee. It should not be served to a customer. They should not be cleaning up after a customer. People always used to say to me, I need them to see how they're going to clear tables. You're going to hate me for saying this, and I'm so sorry, don't shoot the messenger. But from the cases that we've seen, we, we know for a fact that cleaning up after customers have left, preparing food for customers, it's not okay. So the thing that I would suggest is literally to make a mess out of a table And then you get this person to come in and you clean that up. That's what I would suggest because there is no other way that you can really go about this other than making sure that you really separate that economic benefit piece. In terms of a time frame, I always recommend to keep it short. Make sure it looks less like a shift. So the less that it looks like a shift, the better. You want to make sure that it is one session. Do not make this over a few days or a couple of days. No, it's one session. You're just trying to keep it very short and sweet, maybe a couple of hours at best and make sure that you list out exactly who they will be meeting with, um, who will be supervising them for the day and make sure that they are actually being watched so they're not going off and doing other things and all of a sudden somebody's handing them a pan to plate this chicken to (laughs) to serve to a customer. You you don't want to get into all of that. So those are the areas that I would say to capture in that particular document that you're going to put together or that letter. So it's all about looking at what they're going to be doing, the fact that it's unpaid, the fact that they're going to be making something in particular, what skills you're going to be looking at, the time frame, the fact that they are going to be supervised by a particular person and that it is all as part of a practical interview. It is not employment and you are not guaranteeing them any offer of employment. Make sure that all of this is confirmed verbally too. Do not contradict what you have written. Many, many times employers will contradict what they have written. Make sure you don't do that. It needs to all be the same and it all needs to marry up. I brought this to you because I know with the new year, there will be always a bit of churn and people coming in, especially in particular industries. So I thought that this would be a great one to have in your back pocket if you are looking at doing pre employment work trials, whether you're doing Work trials, practical evaluations, (laughs) practical interviews, whatever you want to call it. I hope this was useful. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure you follow, like, share, and let anybody know. If you know people out there that would be really interested in this, maybe they're HR professional, employer, even an employee, reach out to them, let them know. I want to spread the word and I really hope that this information is benefiting you. Thank you so much and have a lovely day, night, evening, morning, whatever it may be, wherever you are. And take care, everyone.